Welcome to Washington Execs Givers of GovCon podcast series, where we highlight the philanthropic efforts within the government contracting community and speak to the leaders spearheading them. Over the next weeks, you'll hear us talk with givers of all kinds as we dig deeper into how and why they're giving back. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy this next episode of Givers of GovCon. Hi, Dave. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. You and I have known each other for a few years in my role as a journalist and you as your role as a technologist working for Red Hat. (laughs) Talk a little bit about what you do at Red Hat. Well, I'm the chief technologist for public sector at Red Hat. In February, it will be 15 years for me. So it's been a really interesting ride where we've gone from like when I joined 15 years ago, it was like 1,800 people to over 18,000 today. As the chief technologist for public sector, I'm sort of at that intersection between the open source world, open source engineering that our engineering team does and product development and our government customers, largely at the executive level. One thing I know about you is that you love people. You love helping people. How does that manifest itself in your role as a chief technologist? Being helpful is something that it's a character trait of mine, which could be good and bad, where I always want to be helpful. I always want to leave people feeling better about themselves and about the world than before I met them. Especially in COVID, everybody's isolating, everybody's socially distant, we're not getting on planes, we're not going to conferences, we're not doing networking. And so again, being that connector, hearing about problems and comparing notes with other government executives and building coalitions with people, it's just something that I'm really passionate about. So as a people person, how do you feel about missing CES this year? It's one of those things that it's like, yeah, I want to go there one of these days, but I've never been there. You know, no, really? No, I haven't. I haven't. But I've heard stories too, that it's like football field after football field of conference space of big screen TVs and stuff where it could be overwhelming. But the other thing is that there could be a lot of weird, fun stuff that you never saw before and you get to see it first and hands on. But I don't feel bad about not traveling the way things have been, but I do keep an eye on the trade press and seeing what they're reporting on with CES. So that's been pretty fascinating. I saw a humanoid robot from CES and I kind of kicked myself that I wasn't there to experience it firsthand. You know, I'm really into the emerging tech of things. Yeah, absolutely. So that would have been cool, but I'm sure I'll have an opportunity to see something like that in person at a later date. So being a helper, helping people and being a people person, this step to giving back isn't that big of a leap. I know that you've founded a scholarship program for young women who are interested in computer science. Tell me about that. Yeah. So if anybody knows me, I'm always bragging about my daughter, Lauren, and she is finishing up her bachelor's degree. She started at RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology, with Lauren and me being along with her in her journey of being a computer nerd in her father's footsteps and seeing firsthand how as a white guy, I was blind to a lot of the barriers that she would run into as a young woman in technology fields and often getting overshadowed by boys. One of the things that was very impactful for me years ago 
was when I was doing long, long time ago, decades ago, there's a book called What Color Is Your Parachute? It's a really good exercise to help you not just think about what you want to do for a living, but it's sort of like how you want to be remembered and what your legacy is going to be. And it includes making, again, the world a better place than when you were there. So one of the things that we did was we looked into, it's like, what would it be like to have a scholarship? And surprisingly, it's not that hard to do. It's a scholarship at RIT and RIT helped us set that up. They manage it. They are the ones that have a board of professors that will pick the students that are the winners of that. And it's pretty fun to actually hear from the people that have received the scholarship and how they're doing. So it's been a really enriching experience and really gratifying thing. You mentioned being overshadowed by boys. What were some of the other challenges Lauren experienced as a young woman in tech? Do you remember that when she first started out? Well, a lot of times, like her first presentation was to the Akron Linux user group when she was 13. And she present, yeah, she presented on the Gluster file system. And what is that? You have to explain what is it? Yeah. So Gluster is a technology that allows you to have like a cluster of servers acting like one piece of storage. And so it makes it resilient. So as we start thinking about things like cloud native, you want to build redundancy into your storage so that if you have an outage, it could recover quickly. And so when she was little, every break that we had between Christmas and New Year's, we would have what we would call daddy's computer camp, where I would teach her some sort of technical thing or some sort of thing like that. And the one year was with Gluster and I showed her how to do it. She named things after guinea pigs and we created files and we deleted files. And I forget what we did, but we did something to make one. And it was all in virtual machines. And I had her create something that made one of the things crash on purpose, right? To see it heal and everything. And she just loved it. I was like, how would you like to present on this at an upcoming Linux user group meeting? And she would go with me to the meetings And she would socialize and she would meet with people. And she even had business cards made up for herself at 13. But the thing is, though, is that you could imagine with a male-dominated world, it can be pretty intimidating, where a lot of times with the Akron Linux user group, it's almost all guys. If a woman shows up, it's usually like a girlfriend of one of the guys, which is great to have that. And so she would come and it would be a wide age range of people from college kids to retired guys that used to work the tire plant in Akron, right? And they use Linux as a hobby and they do ham radio and stuff like that. So you can imagine her going up in front of the room at 13, in front of all these people, and it could be really intense. There's actually one of the guys, Terry Morris, he actually died last month. And it's really sad because he was always like the virtual grandfather of Lauren at the Akron meetings, where even if I'm there without her, he's asking about how she's doing, what she's doing. It's always fascinated by what she's up to and everything. And he was always so kind to her. And so having those allies that are in the room that are cheering her on is just so important. And that's something that as a guy, as a white guy, creating those environments where people have that seat at the table that are different from me is, I think, really important. And now you're really paying it forward and helping other women, young women with the scholarship program. So that's really terrific. 
I've had a lot of opportunities and being able to give back is something, you know, I think about time, talent, and treasure, spending time volunteering at the Akron Linux user group or being a Sunday school teacher, talent, like being able to share my Linux skills with the folks at the Linux user group and then treasure being able to literally give back and students, girls that may not have had that chance that I had or that Lauren has and to give them that they have the talent, they have the ability, but they just don't have the means to be able to do it. So if there's any way that I could help and help balance it out too, of, of having a more diverse workforce in IT, I think it's really important. What do you think is the biggest challenge for both young men and women who want to be a technologist, whether it's in computer science or cybersecurity or their emerging tech fields? I think that it's a very complicated world than when I started in computers, just because before it was like when I was doing computer science, you were always worried about being very economical about memory consumption and the programs were pretty simple to now it's like you have software on top of software on top of software and the barrier of entry for just a kid to, it's like, I want to be a cloud expert. Where do you get started? There are so many things that can you be an expert in all the services that Amazon provides or AWS, right? Or any of the other cloud providers that are out there. So I think that's a challenge, but I think the other side of it is like from an open source standpoint, it's been such an amazing time where you don't necessarily have to have the means as long as you have that determination and that grit to be able to learn because with open source, there are so many things that are freely available that you could start doing on an old laptop or a $35 Raspberry Pi. And just like how Lauren would take a system and have it blow up. Well, if you blow it up, you lose $35. That's okay. Compared to back in my day of like, it's a $2,000 IBM PC, right? That is like, you can't do that. That's a family computer. And so having those environments where people can be courageous and bold and try new things, I think is a great opportunity for people. We've heard you talk about how you took Lauren to these meetings at a very young age. What were some of the other things you did to kind of nurture her interest in technology and help her cultivate it? She got an internship working at NASA. There's a makerspace there called Thinkbox. And it's run by a guy named Ian Charnas, super great guy. And I remember Lauren telling me about this, where it's like they were looking for a high school student to work in the makerspace and help the grad students that would come in. She would teach them how to run a laser cutter or run a milling machine or whatever. And she's very tall for her age, even back when she was little. And she was eighth grade going into ninth grade, like going into high school. They want a high school person, but it was over the summer and she was going into high school and she just didn't burden them with that and let them make assumptions based upon her height of like, oh, she must be a senior or something. And so she got the job and did great. And it got to the point where Ian introduced her to Charles Peachock who is a juggler on America's Got Talent. And she used a Raspberry Pi to develop a juggling system for him to use on stage. She wrote an article on opensource.com about it. And then she used that. And Ian was like, hey, there's this guy coming to give a speech at Case Western and was going to do a tour of our makerspace. Would you want to come in? Guy's name is Steve Wozniak. And, and so, we all know who that is. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Lauren's like, yeah, this Steve Wozniak guy. And I'm like, 
you don't understand. Right. And I'm like, I explained it to her and she's like, Oh, and so mutual friend of ours, Gunnar Hellickson, I told him about it and he's like, make sure you ask Steve for his business card. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he has an awesome business card. You got to ask him for it. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll try it out. So we go up there and I'm like the proud dad with the phone camera in the background. She did her demo and Steve Wozniak was like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. Asking questions about this and that. And, and it was basically, it's her surrounded by other stations of like Case Western grad students and like 15 year old Lauren. And at the end, she's like, so Mr. Wozniak, can I have your business card? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so he's like, well, yeah, sure. And so he pulls it out. It's a laser cut metal business card. Ah. That, that is like a punch card that has his phone number on it. And it's like 408-888-8888 is like his number. And it's all like a punch card and everything. And as soon as she asked for it and he pulled it out, all the other guys that were the grad students and the parents of the grad students are like, can I have the business card too? And it's like, oh, dang it. What a story. When did you realize that she actually had an interest and talent for tech? I mean, was she very, very young? I even have a picture of her in her bouncy chair when she was like 18 months old. And I gave her an old keyboard that was unplugged and she was just whacking on the keyboard with the biggest smile on her face. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's the kind of thing I'm like, Hey, let's install Linux on this computer. Let's take this computer apart. It's almost like an astronomer looking at the stars where it's like, you take the lid off the computer and it's like, Ooh, it's like how often do kids take something apart? But also it's like, pointing at the components on the board and how it works. And then you get your static strap out and she had her static strap on and we're removing disk drives and things like that. And I would tell her what to do and she would do the whole thing all by herself. It gave her a lot of confidence too, uh, that she could be able to do things. You probably passed on your talent to her. So it's easy for her. I mean, if that had been me, I probably would have been not so great at it. You know, it's nature and nurture for her that made her into the technologist that she is today. And I think a big part of it is your encouragement. I've been really proud to see her grow through the years and being like, I volunteered on her robotics team and all that too, of just like seeing that happen as well. It was an all girl robotics team with her high school. It was an all girl school. And so seeing them go up against the other teams, it was also pretty awesome where it's like the mentors on her robotics team were very hands-off. They would step in if somebody's at risk of like losing an eye or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas I would see other teams in the pits where the fathers would be in there working on the robots and doing the stuff where the kids are standing in the background. And so having that environment to show that Lauren and the girls, they can do things and you see the fruits of your labor by winning these competitions. So that was a fun ride too. So maybe the humanoid robot that I was talking about earlier, maybe Lauren will build one and I can come and see it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. She could turn you into one probably. You well, want. you know, I have that chip in my hand. So yeah, I know, I know. Start there. <laughs> You're partway there. So, yeah. Dave, you are a leader in the technology space and you're giving back to the community by having this scholarship program. What's your best advice for your peers and your colleagues, especially men, in helping cultivate the next generation of tech talent, especially women and those from lesser privileged groups. 
I didn't realize the disparity until I had a daughter. As a guy working in that world, I was just blind to it. And it's not that I was a bad person or anything. I just wasn't mindful and or it just didn't stick out at me. So being conscious about it, I think is important. Also finding those opportunities to literally provide that seat at the table. For guys in the tech community and even women that have made it, it's like be on the lookout of finding that place to have that diverse set of people around the table. So on the other hand, if you are a young woman who wants to get into computer science, don't know quite how to get into that, or if they're technical enough, what advice would you have for that young woman? Because these days, being in technology doesn't mean that you have to be tech savvy. We've seen multiple articles about how I actually, well, actually I read this article about someone who used to be in fashion, who is now in Mm -hmm. cybersecurity, a woman. So what's your best tips there? Yeah. And I work with people that they don't have college degrees and they have high school diplomas and they're vice presidents at Red Hat. And that's okay. It's more about your journey and your life experience. But I would say for early career people, girls and boys, one of the other things are look at things like meetup.com to find a meetup in your area where you can meet like-minded people or find out that, oh, there's an Akron Linux user group that you can come and visit and be a part of. And surprisingly, it's nothing to be afraid of. And you go there once, you hate it, don't go back, right? And if you don't know anybody and you hate it and you don't go back, nobody's going to remember and that's okay. You got to just try that out. And there are so many meetups that are around, especially for people in major metropolitan areas. There's plenty of them. But like even around in Northeast Ohio, there are technology user groups all over the place. And then you use that to meet other people. And then as you meet these people, you know, also ask them, it's like, who else should I be talking to? Or can you introduce me to this other person? And that'll help build your network out and find out what other people are doing. Be curious and to see if uh, career in technology is right for you. And speaking of careers in technology, where's Lauren's career taking her, do you think? What's her big dream career goal? To get her bachelor's degree. She's just like eyes on the prize right now, heads down. And, you know, I think she's focused on that. The good thing for her is that she's done a bunch of internships in different industries. She did academia with Case Western. She did NASA Glenn, so government. She did Bank of America in Charlotte. So she was in the security department there. And she had an internship at GE Aviation in Grand Rapids. And so that's my other part of advice, too, is play the field trying to figure out what, you know, technology is applicable. Like they say, every company is a software company Mm -hmm. nowadays or a technology company. And to end on a forward thinking note, do you have a goal for you two doing something together in technology in 2022? I'm letting her do her thing. And (laughs) what I want to do is it's like, I just want to come graduation day, being that proud daddy and the commencement ceremony and just seeing her cross that finish line. And I don't see it as the end for her. It's just the first part of the next chapter in her career and where she's going. So I'm just excited to watch her go and being propelled under her own motions. And I'm sure she's going to do great things. And one day she'll be the teacher and you'll be the student. 
Oh yeah, she'll be fixing my <laughs> laptop. And and that's the thing too. It's like I can travel because I know she's holding down the fort here with IT in the house and all that. So she's a good partner there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Dave, so much for your time. And I loved hearing about the scholarship program you launched and just the stories you have about your daughter and the work you've been doing with her and the great successes she's had already. I'm kind of envious. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, it's like, seriously, I wish I had those opportunities growing up in a small town in Pennsylvania, but it was well before computers were in vogue and being a nerd was in vogue. I guess it's nice to be a geek nowadays. (laughs) Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Camille. Thanks for having me.